Welcome to the Strat4 Essential Geopolitics Podcast from Rain. I'm Emily Donahue. This month, the Spanish government announced a plan to spend some 70 billion euros in EU funds over the next three years. This happened as Spain was the worst performing economy in the world in 2020. It contracted by more than 11 percent. To discuss the status of the Spanish economy, I'm joined by Adriana Bassoni, Strat4 Senior European Analyst at Rain. Welcome, Adriano. Hello, Emily. Nice talking with you again. The Spanish economy seems to be one of extremes. It goes from very fast growth to very deep contractions. What's the reason for this? Yeah, um, as you point out, the Spanish economy has been on a roller coaster over the past four decades. After the end of the dictatorship in the late 1970s, Spain entered a phase of a very fast liberalization and a very fast opening of the economy, which was in part fueled by massive contributions from the European Economic Community, the, the predecessor of the European Union, which it joined in 1986. Um, then in the early 2000s, Spain chose to be a founding member of the Eurozone, which produced mixed results for its economy. On the one hand, uh, it made trade with its partners easier. It also resulted in a significant increase in cheap credits, especially for the private sector. But this also led to a construction bubble that fueled a banking crisis as people started defaulting on their mortgages. Um, and this was the Spanish crisis of the early 2010s. Um, when that crisis came, Spain found that because it was in the Eurozone, it no longer controlled its own currency, which meant that it could not devalue the currency or modify interest rates to cope with the crisis. Instead, it had to implement very painful austerity measures to reduce public spending, depress salaries, make the economy more competitive. These measures had mixed results for the Spanish economy, on the one hand, there was a consolidation of the banking system, which is now healthier than it was before the crisis. Exports also increased. Spain now runs a trade surplus, which is a good thing for its economy. But at the same time, um, the country failed to introduce reforms to address some of its core structural problems, especially uh, the economic model and the structure of its labor market. That explains why when the COVID-19 crisis came, uh, the shortcomings of the Spanish economy were once again exposed. And as you said, the Spanish economy performed particularly bad in 2020. Adriana, why did the COVID crisis hit Spain so hard? Well, this happened because of a combination of factors, some of which are connected to Spain's economic model. Um, Spain has what experts call a dual labor market. On the one hand, uh, permanent workers under stable contracts are protected by legislation and laying them off is often expensive. But on the other hand, there is a significant sector of the labor market that is in poorly paid temporary contracts with little protection. This means that a significant sector of the population cannot access credit, make long-term plans, or, or make unexpected expenditures. Um, then there is the structure of the Spanish economy, which is heavily dependent on activities 
such as tourism, which have a significant degree of seasonality uh, and tend to rely on short-term contracts or even on off-the-books activities. Um, of course, while agriculture is not as important as tourism, it also relies on seasonal contracts and illegal workers. This marks a contrast with uh, countries like France, for instance, which also relies heavily on tourism, but has a much lower proportion of workers under precarious conditions. Um, then there is also the fact that around 90% of businesses in Spain have five workers or less, and many of them focus on activities such as accommodation, food and drinks, and, and so on, which are also um, dependent on tourism. Um, small companies have fewer means to react to a significant contraction in demand, such as the one that we saw in 2020 because of the lockdown measures. Um, they tend to rely on temporary workers, which are the first to be fired if there is a crisis. They find it harder to get credits or, or loans uh, than larger companies. Um, so this explains why lockdown measures, which um, severely depressed demand in Spain, did so much damage to SMEs. And then there's a final factor that is oft often um, overlooked, um, which is the fact that The, the labor market is particularly bad for uh, young workers. Spain has a very high rate of youth unemployment because many young people work under temporary contracts. Spain also has the highest dropout rate in the EU uh, and Spanish students often perform below average on um, international assessments of education performance. This means that there are thousands of young people who do not have enough qualifications to find a decent job with a decent salary in the Spanish economy. Adriano, we've talked about the past, but what are the prospects for the Spanish economy now? Well, um, Prime Minister Pedro Sanchez said that the disbursement of some 140 billion euros, yes, that's billion with a B, in EU funds uh, represent a historic opportunity for Spain, especially because half of that money will take the shape of grants that do not need to be repaid. Um, and Madrid is focusing on spending um, a significant amount of that money on the energy transition and digitalization, which opens the door to a significant modernization of the Spanish economy. But the problem is that Spain also faces significant challenges. Uh, one of them is the increasing fragmentation and polarization of its political system, which means that there will probably not be a lot of coordination between uh, the government and the opposition on how to spend the EU funds. Um, if Sanchez is correct, and this is uh, the modern-day equivalent of the Marshall Plan for Spain, then the reforms should be decided and implemented by consensus, which seems improbable in the current political climate in Spain. Um, then there is the issue of how to modernize the Spanish economy to prepare it for its uh, future challenges. Um, as I said uh, before, this includes uh, reforms in the education system to reduce the dropout rate, to give young people the necessary skills to find good jobs. Um, and of course, Spain will continue to rely heavily on tourism because it has the perfect conditions for it. I am not saying that tourism in itself is bad, but that sector could use um, some modernization as well to generate more added value. 
Um, and I, I don't want to end um, on a gloomy note, but we also need to keep in mind that Spain, like the rest of Europe, is facing a massive demographic challenge. Uh, birth rates are falling, life expectancy is increasing. This means that the size of the Spanish labor force will contract in the coming decades, while um, public spending on pensions and healthcare will increase. So unless Spain introduces significant reforms in its economic model, demographic change will make its current challenges even more difficult to overcome. Adriana Bassoni is for Senior European Analyst at RAIN. Thank you, Adriana. Thank you, Emily. You can stay up to date on Stratfor's analysis of Spain and so much more. Sign up for the free newsletter today. Go to worldview.stratfor.com. That's worldview.stratfor.com. I'm Emily Donahue. Thanks for listening. Thank you.